Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here, joining you today with another amazing guest, Vincent Angel. This is not his stage name. This is his actual name. What an amazing name. (laughs) And Vincent, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Thank you, Dallas. I'm I'm feeling good. Um, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing pretty good as well. You are the author of a book, the book that modern women hate, Advice on How Women Can Avoid Dying Alone. Yeah. What a bold title. When you first <laughs> see this, you're like, wow, what's going to happen in this book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that was really kind of the goal. We we're not trying to clickbait, but it was more like almost like a trigger warning of what to expect, the level Mm -hmm. of directness that will be in the book. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about the book as we get going here. But first, I do want to say that you are a co-author of this book. You're not the only one who wrote this. You have a co-author. His name is Dumi, but he's not able to join us today. Can you tell us a little bit about Dumi before we we get going? Um, Yeah, so, well, I can't really tell you about Dumi without talking about myself at the same time because we pretty much grew up together. We went to elementary school together, went to high school together. We've been friends forever. And when we moved from our hometown to go to university, he went to study in Ohio. I went somewhere else and we just, you know, kept talking and we've been uh, doing almost everything together. We started businesses together. We, uh, right now, uh, run a YouTube channel together. We run businesses together. When we started learning about um, trading and finance, we did all those things together. So uh, my story is pretty much his story. Even his journey in knowing God has been pretty much the same as, as mine. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, he wasn't able to join us, but uh, hopefully in the future, he'll be on here to speak for himself. Yeah. And you are calling us from Romania today. Yes. Yeah. So for our audience today, can you just tell us your Christian testimony, why you're a believer today, how that impacted your life and some things like that? Um, So, well, the first time I started my relationship with with God, it wasn't as though I was looking for him. There are cases when, you know, some people have actually planned on, you know what, I want to discover more about Christ and find out for myself for me, it, the honest truth is I was looking for a girl and it so happened that this girl attended this church you know, in my neighborhood and I figured that if I go to that church, I'll, be, I'll have more opportunities to talk to her. So the more I went to that church, the slowly I started getting convicted in my spirit because I had to sit through the sermons, I had to participate in the activities and things like that. In the end, I ended up getting the girl, but also... I kind of, you know, Christ kind of met me during the process. Mm. 
So after a while, I got baptized and I actually accepted um, Christ's life. The relationship, however, didn't work out with the girl, but I still have Jesus and that that's really how I, I met Christ. And as far as why am I still a Christian today? I mean, um, <laughs> I have many reasons why I'm still a Christian today beyond my faith. Christianity is one of the most convincing, well, I wouldn't want to call it a religion, but for the sake of the conversation, let me just call it a religion. There's the most convincing evidence of anything. Even yeah. when we, we we talk about even the creation of the world, the, the big question that is there, God. I mean, scientists actually do agree that the universe itself had a beginning. So somebody had to be, to begin what we are now calling the Big Bang Theory and, and all that. And my own personal experience in my journey with, with God, I've seen enough evidence and all those things have kept me in faith and believing that, you know, um, there is really nothing beyond my relationship with God and Christ. It reminds me of the time when, um, in I think it's... Um, when when Peter was saying that we did, we did not follow cunningly devised fables, but we're eyewitnesses to these things. So that to me, my own experiences with with the peace of God, with the love of God, has really kept me grounded in faith all this while. I think that's amazing. You said that you saw God, and many people say, you know, Dallas, you're a missionary. You left your country. You lived in Thailand and Cambodia, and now Brazil. And people ask, why? Why are you a missionary? It, the answer is because I saw God. Yeah. That's it. I am, I was impacted by this living God, and I can't live my life the same way anymore. I can't. And it's really powerful because when you really think about it, Paul going to Damascus, he, that complete turnaround can only happen when you really meet Christ. Maybe there was no flash of light or anything like that, as dramatic as Paul's encounter. But we all have witnessed something that really convicted us. And it's very important for, for Christians to have that because I've personally met Christians who have never really had an experience with God and their faith is not as strong. So that is an, a very important thing to happen in a, mm -hmm. you know, in a Christian's life. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those things. I do have another question for you that I don't usually ask our guests, but because for the sake of our conversation about relationships, I want to ask you where you are in relationships today. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Doxiva uses non-invasive, fast-acting, and full-body regenerative technology you can trust for your most challenging health and cosmetic problems with affordability at heart. Through a water-based gentle spray-on solution, Doxiva brings balance to the body, even for the most challenging comorbidities. Find more information by searching doxiva.com. That is D-O-X-Y-V-A.com. God knows more than all of us. In fact, you probably want to know more about what he truly knows. Thankfully, he wrote a bunch of it down in the Bible. Hungry for Wisdom podcast is an all-you-can-eat buffet of God's guidance to live skillfully in this world. Jesus deserves disciples. Listen to the podcast by searching Hungry for Wisdom on your favorite podcast app today. Relationships. So I'm not married. 
I'm single. This time I'm kind of uh, at a point in my life where I'm not really pursuing romantic relationships um, purposefully. So that's where I am at. Uh, I'm hoping that in the next five years I could get married, but it's not something that I'm prioritizing at this moment. That was my question. If you're, are you praying? Are you looking? Are you waiting? Because <laughs> that's different. You know, there's different yeah. avenues of the, of waiting. Yeah. yeah, it's more like I'm learning. Mm, like that's I'm a learning. Good and part of the reason why I wrote this book was is kind of like to document my learning process and the things that I've learned that has happened. I've definitely dated before, and I, so I've experienced dating before, and I realized that I should stop for a while before I really get into you know something that i would really seriously consider for marriage and this takes us into the book a little bit more so just to say for our audience this book is for women who want to get and stay married and you're going to answer some questions throughout the book which men do i qualify for mm -hmm. who are they what do they want how do i get picked and a lot more and so about the book first off what led you and do me to write this book together um, so, well, part of it was that we've always done things together. We feel like we're such a good team. We work well together. We have complementary skills. So that was a given. And our educational process in like learning a lot of things, we have the same interest. So we've, we kind of got into this uh, place where we were learning a lot about sociology and history and things to do with relationships because we were trying to better ourselves with regards to 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 that. So that is when we um, started listening to a lot of content with regards to relationships in general. I myself, I love um, reading a lot of history. So when I was uh, and when I say history, because I lean towards economics, I mostly read the history of economics and things like that. And because economics has a lot to do with sociology and things like that, it starts to get into you know people's personal relationships and things like that. So that kind of led me to a point where I started trying to explore why is it that these days we have you know this astronomical single motherhood rate and you know father absentees and teenage pregnancies and things like that and it led me to try and explore like what's really going on in the dating market that we are seeing things that have never been seen before and what could be causing it and how can it be fixed and to what extent is is this you know doing damage to our communities and things like that in in the dating world i mean if you're not married, you're you're dating, you're looking, you're hopefully waiting in the proper way. But what would you say out of through your research is the number one mistake that people make, single people make? The number one mistake. Now, I wouldn't know if I would want to call it the number one mistake because there are several mistakes people make. Uh, now, in the book, we primarily address women, right? But we are not really saying that all the problems in the dating world are caused by women certainly not yeah. we just want to clarify that for our audience today <laughs> yeah we, we just wanted to focus the advice because if it's too broad sometimes it doesn't really help anyone it's just like too general um but i think one of the biggest reason is that there is this almost like a disdain of um purpose in relationships like why are we, why do we even date each other in the first place right so 
if we look um, on a social level, there seems to be this push that, you know, getting married or being in a committed relationship with someone is just an alternative amongst many others that you can choose mm -hmm. from. So it's not really important that you get married. In fact, there is a strong push and you hear it from statements like you don't need a man to do anything mm -hmm. or you don't. So that kind of ideology that is in Western culture these days has made people think of relationships as things that you can casually get into and get out of. And even marriages, they will say, okay, you know what? I can get married. And if I'm sick of this guy, I can just get a divorce and leave. Yeah. So relationships are not taken with the importance that they are supposed to. And that has led to even more flimsical relationships that don't survive the test of time or any kind of stress whatsoever. And for our audience, Another question, what would be the number one priority in a relationship when looking for a relationship? What's the common denominator, the foundation? I think the the foundation, as a Christian, I would say that you, you, okay, in general, you need to have the same values, right? Now, if you are a Christian, like you and I, Dallas, we are both Christians, so our the most valuable thing in our lives is our relationship with Christ. So you want to find somebody who values their relation, their own personal relationship with Christ like that. But in general, since maybe, you know, there might be people who are not Christians who are listening to this. One of the most important thing to have in a relationship is to have the same values. So you want to be with someone who has the same values. Now on a biblical standpoint, you have to have the same purpose. Because God, you know, when when um, God was talking to 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 Adam and Eve, he was saying, "For this purpose, a man shall leave his wife." For this purpose, not for for like romance and so on and so on. So whatever you have to have the same purpose. What are you doing? You mentioned earlier that you and your wife are doing missionary work. You have the same purpose that you yeah. and that is very important. So I would say having same values and having That's the amazing. same purpose. Mm -hmm. Going back to what you said about my wife and I being missionaries together, we love to preach on this point that we have the same destination. Yes. And it's the same thing with following Jesus. If you're going to follow Jesus, you need to understand where he's going because his his destination will become your destination. Exactly. And it's exactly. the same thing with, with a relationship. You guys have the same values, the same destination. You're going to the same place. And that's important. What's another thing, if you could say one more in this area? Um, something that um, is important in a relationship. I, I think beyond that, you need to um, you need to, beyond uh, having the same values and having the same purpose. I feel like you have to be people who are very compassionate, and I, I say compassionate in 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 the sense of having that agape kind of love. You want to have love that incorporates everything now. When I say agape, the agape kind of love, I'm talking about the love that we have as Christians because of Christ. And if you can have that within a relationship, it means that you are able to love your spouse irregardless of maybe not you know, feeling romantic or feeling like it, or even when you are upset with each other, when you have an argument and things like that. So if you are somebody who is loving to that kind of love, I feel like that's very important for sustaining a solid relationship. Mm -hmm. And about your book a little bit more, it explains how women can attain long-lasting, meaningful, and helpful relationships, healthy relationships. 
How do you feel that and what feedback have you received of women hearing this type of information from two men? Have you had any conflict with this? We, we did, we did, but I think that it's just an expert fallacy because what the presumption behind that, mm -hmm. the logical conclusion behind that is that you should not take advice from someone who doesn't fit your demography. So you shouldn't listen to your pastor anymore because he's a man and he's preaching to kids <laughs> and to women. It doesn't make sense. Nobody goes to the to the doctor, right? So say you have a terminal disease like cancer and you ask your doctor, doc, have you ever had cancer? And he says, no, I haven't. And you say, you're not treating me. I'm not listening yeah. to you. It doesn't but work like that. it's through the research. It's through, yeah, yeah I understand. So, so I understand where they come from to say there is some experiential value in something. The fact that someone has a, a lived experience of something, give them some mm -hmm. sort of wisdom that anyone, someone else might not have. But knowledge comes from different places. Wisdom comes from different places. Some of it is experiential. Some, some of it is mm -hmm. taught. But the real test is, is it true what is being said? based on the results because we can argue about where it's coming from and who has more qualifications and so on uh, until you know the cows come home but the real yeah. test is is what being said true is what being what is being said useful and right mm. that's a great point that's a great point it's the the true test if is it if it's true is it <laughs> yeah. true what you're is saying it, is it true yeah talking about some of your testimonies when was this book released? So the book was actually, so um, the hardcover and uh, the paperback was released last week. And the ebook is going to be released this Monday. So it's available so it's in pre-order. It's a very new book. It's very new. I mean, we, we only just started talking about it to, to the public beyond, you know, our friends and people who are very close to us. Have you had some of your friends and family read through this book? What was, what was their feedback? So um, I, none of my family has completed the book, but they have had comments about the synopsis of the book as well as the cover, like you alluded to. And many of the questions was like, what do you really know about yeah. lifelong relationships <laughs> yeah. and, and things like that? But yeah. wh what I really want to say is we are not getting technical into like, this is how you resolve an argument with your wife or things like that. No. The book doesn't really get into the technical parts of being married to someone because I feel like, you know, that kind of knowledge that I was talking about, experiential knowledge, is much more valuable on things like that. We left it for Dallas and his wife to write a book about that. Um, but most of the um, feedback that we've been getting was this book is very provocative, which mm -hmm. we're trying to do because most of the time, you know, you can be telling the truth and saying something that is useful but if you're saying it in the shadows it's almost like winking at somebody in the shadow you know what you're doing but nobody else does it's not going to help anyone so part of it is just trying to draw attention to the actual message that is in the book and part of it is just you know the marketing aspect of it but the feedback has been the content in inside the book is very useful even though, you know, the cover can be very provocative. And I see here that you've collected some of Kevin Samuel's most controversial, powerful, and useful ideas. First off, who is Kevin Samuel? Maybe it's my fault because I don't know who it is, but can you just tell our <laughs> yeah. audience who is this and what yeah, are some so, of those 
those points. So Kevin Samuel, well, unfortunately, he passed on uh, in May. Our um, initial plan was to write the book with him. Uh, we were in the process of contacting him and his team. Then he passed on a few weeks later. So we decided mm-hmm. just to dedicate the book to him and to write about his ideas. But as far as who he is, he was uh, primarily known on YouTube. He has um, a very big YouTube platform, which, which is about one point five or 1.6 million subscribers something like that and he would talk about these issues with regards to modern dating and modern women and so on he wasn't talking about it from a religious standpoint but we kind of gauged whatever he would say using our christian values and our principles so some of it might not be you know right as far as our christian principles were were concerned but because he was talking to the secular world we realized that the truth he was speaking was much more biblical than it might seem to even people who are not who are not christian so kevin samuels was a internet personality if you google kevin samuels uh, it will lead you to his youtube channel you can take a listen we certainly do endorse some of his ideas that's why we wrote about them and we kind of you know try to sang uh, try to um, make them much more presentable and um, easy to access in the in a book format because most of his videos would be two hours long, three hours long. It's very difficult to, to sit around and listen to something for three hours or we kind of condensed the important things that you would say about dating and relationship and what sustains them and the mistakes that people are doing and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing. What do you think would be your number one controversial point in your book? Number one, there are so many. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> See, the the funny thing is something that you think would not be controversial, it mm. will be the most controversial thing, and you'll be surprised. Wow. To me, because I've sat around just mulling over these ideas to actually make sure that it's something that I would stand behind. Mm-hmm. It, they mm-hmm. just seem like common sense ideas now but i guess what could be controversial is the concept of sexual market value sexual market value and um yeah i think that that one might be controversial do you know about have you ever heard about sexual market value no i don't think so (laughs) i mean i can i can paint a picture of what i think it means but please tell us i'll explain so um it it basically pauses that when looking for mates, either for long-term or short-term courtship, humans evolved to rate certain aspects of a potential mate's value to them, right? In an effort to qualify how, you know, how much benefit they can draw from a relationship and also to help them decide which partner to mate with. And so in modern language, it's basically when men rate women out of 10, for example, when they say mm-hmm. she's an 8, she's a 9, she's a 10, or when you know people talk about she's out of my league, he's out of my mm-hmm. league, and so on. Mm-hmm. So they're basically rating each other based on whatever they consider most valuable and most important. You as a Christian man might value somebody's relationship with God much more than you value her physical looks or maybe a family background or a social status, someone else might have a different valuing mechanism. But in the end, you are deciding 
okay, if I'm comparing this girl to this girl, which one would I want based on what I value? Mm -hmm. So it becomes sexual market value in that if you look at dating as a marketplace, right, you have buyers and sellers, right, people who are looking for mates within, and they are judging each other based on things that they see as valuable. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason why I say that this idea can be controversial is it basically compares human beings to commodities in an actual marketplace. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that we do this with everything in our lives. If you go to a supermarket and it turns out that their customer service is not very nice, what do you do? You probably decide to not show up to that supermarket again. You go to another one because you don't want to have a terrible experience next time. Even with our own friendships, if you realize that somebody who you once thought was a friend, you realize that they are disloyal and maybe, you know, they gossip and you don't have the same values. What do you do? You find someone else to be friends with most of the time and so on. So that's that's basically the concept. Now, why is it controversial? It's because it kind of makes people, you know, look like commodities. That's number one. And number mm -hmm. two, it almost sounds insulting in this um, in, in our modern society nowadays because there is this almost um, you know almost rejection of the things that men value in women. So what do I mean by this? Right, when women are valuing men as far as relationship is concerned, we as men know that women want stability emotional stability, financial stability, nobody has questions about that. We men know. And if you are a man and you become delusional about what women value, you get rejected and you get the message very quickly. But the same thing doesn't necessarily happen with women. So nowadays, the things that men want in women, they are considered sexist or misogynistic or mm -hmm. some sort of opp you know, oppression. For example, most men want a woman who, who can clean or even just cook a meal. But nowadays, suggesting that your wife should make you a meal will get you labeled, you know, a, a controlling part of the party again or, or such names. But yeah. what it really gets at is that if you are unaware of what the opposite sex values, then you are more likely not to provide those things. And it leaves you in a place where you are always wondering, why am I not getting into a meaningful relationship? Well, because you're not offering what is valued. You cannot go to a marketplace selling whatever you're selling and tell the market, you are going to buy this at this price. No, you mm. don't do that. Companies nowadays, they invest billions of dollars in market research to find out what do their potential customers want and then they provide what they want at the price point that they can afford because that's how the world works. It's the same thing with relationships. We have to figure out what do women want, what do men really want, and figure out a way to provide that. That is not to say that you should become a totally different person and change your whole personality and all that. It just means that if you are unaware of what makes you valuable, then you are more likely to not get what you want out of relationships. And I think that comes down to identity. Exactly. Would you agree? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. The identity is so important. It's mm -hmm. so important. And for our audience who are out here thinking, I, I want to be in a relationship. I've been waiting. I've been patient. What would be your advice for this person, men or women? 
<laughs> to read my book yes my, <laughs> a book plug find it on amazon <laughs> yeah well i really believe that it has nuggets that will really help people uh, but beyond that me being being a christian i advise just involving god in most of those key decisions you the, the holy spirit will guide you and will lead you and so on part of the reason why we excluded that element is because we're mostly expanding on kevin samuel's ideas and he didn't necessarily talk about about uh, jesus and religion in that explicit way even though he himself was a christian because um we didn't want to number one alienate people too early before you know they are comfortable with the basic things that were in the book even though the principles that we discussed are really christian principles mm -hmm. yeah and with your testimony of meeting going to church to follow this girl it didn't work out what would be your advice for this would you encourage men and women be involved in church be involved in small groups you know like what would be your advice because i know there's people young people who yeah. are asking these questions you know honestly one thing that i learned personally is is you know what people always say like oh don't marry when you are too young and things like that i personally have realized that it's not very good advice it's not really about the age Somebody can be 30 and still really in a spiritual age be 17 or a mental age be like a 16-year-old and, and things like that. What I realized is the fact that most people delay marriage is really what will end up causing things like fornication and all, all kinds of sexual sin, really. It's almost like what Paul was saying that, you know, I wish that you don't get married, but because people have these sexual desires just end up yeah, getting married. Most of the time, the delay is what causes problems. So my advice would be, of course, you want to marry somebody who, you, who has the same values as you do. So if you are a believer, you want to be in the circles of those people where you can actually meet those people and, and, and everything else. But for women, my biggest advice would be to prioritize marriage early if you want to get married because it's very, very important. And going back to what I was saying about sexual market value, a lot of sexual market value for women is really strongly tied to their age than anything else. It has been proven by research that most men just want to marry women who are younger than older, just because you know of the biological limitations that women have. So the younger you, you take relationships seriously and with the dating with the purpose of marriage not to yeah. experience or i want to figure out what i want that's not the purpose of dating mm -hmm. you I end up just saving so when i'm married i can be that's a bunch of crap <laughs> no. come on that's it is, you it, don't have to practice dating exactly exactly this is one thing that kevin samuels often says you say that there is nothing dating casually will benefit your future husband mm -hmm. it actually reduces your sexual market value if you're a woman and you've dated seven, eight guys. If I hear about it when I am trying to consider you for marriage, I start feeling like if she can get in and out of these relationships so quickly, yeah. I have to wonder if she will do the same thing with me. So it's about prioritizing relationships, knowing that I want to get married. So this is an important thing. Think about how much people prioritize everything else mm -hmm. apart from relationships. They will say, I want to go to law school and I want to do this internship and do they're so intentional about everything else in their lives, but never about relationships and marriage because our society has made relationships optional. 
almost you know ex expandable and necessary you know, yeah. yeah an accessory like oh as long as you have somebody to just hang out with and have fun with that's that's the purpose of marriage is not fun really the purpose of marriage for us christian is for ministry mm -hmm. but that's another conversation yeah just to touch on that briefly <laughs> i've been married for two and a half years now my mm -hmm. wife is from a different country a different culture a different language but God has put us together so wonderfully. And we've been talking this week a lot about marriage and how what Paul is saying. And we talked about this discussion that I understand now as a married man, as a provider for my wife and for my son, who's six months old, oh, I'm nice. a missionary. Congratulations. You know, I'm a missionary. It changed. Thank you. It changed. When I was a single man, it was easy to give my life to Jesus. I'll go, Lord. I'll go wherever you want. Yeah. I went yeah. to Asia. I came to Brazil. Now, the call is, is coming again. Dallas, I'm calling exactly. you to a different place. And it's harder to go because exactly. I have a wife. I have a son. I have responsibilities. Exactly. And I understand what Paul's saying there. I understand now. Yeah. And you see, some of these things, when they are being said as warnings, it doesn't just sound serious. But I've done the research when we were writing this book. The profile for the most un the unhappiest person in, in North America is a woman in their 40s in a professional career like you know being a lawyer or a doctor and who is single and unmarried now if you think about those people they're earning a lot of money they're professionally they are doing okay but they are the most unhappy why is that really so the things that women are being encouraged to pursue and to find important are things that are unfulfilling they will say like i don't want to depend on a man but what they are doing is they're depending on a job so what's the difference between you depending on a man and depending on a job? They can fire you from your job, you know, yeah. and a job will not meet your emotional needs and things like that. So they are, mm -hmm. it's almost like what we see as Christians that most people try to replace God with other things in their lives. So they will say, I'm an atheist. I don't believe in God. Yet they really worship their TV and their phone and social media and their looks and celebrities and all these other things. So it's almost like a bait and switch that is happening. That is why we felt like it's necessary to write this book and really, you know, tell almost like as a warning to people that these are some of the things that will end you up in a place where you are alone and you can't figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. I want to add one more thing on to what you're saying, that mm -hmm. as a married man myself, if I knew who my wife was going to be five years ago, 10 years ago, I'm still a pretty young man. I'm 25. But if I would have known this 10 mm -hmm. years ago, I have a wife for you. I have this for you. Like if God spoke that to me, I wouldn't have pursued all the other things that I did. Exactly. I made exactly. a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Same, and I'm paying same, for I, it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it if I knew. So same. just trust the Lord. Yeah. And you see, the, the crazy thing about this is, you see, God is forgiving that you up you say i'm sorry you repent god forgives you yeah. but our bodies do not you will not go you mm -hmm. not go back you will not all those experience they accumulate on on your flesh and it's particularly mm -hmm. much more harmful to women when they go through those things because like like i said losing time is much more painful for women than for men if you are a man and, and you are 35 and you have made a lot of dating mistakes God forbid you have like maybe a kid out of wedlock, but even when you do, research shows that a single father is sexual market value is not reduced as much as a single mother. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, actually, a single father 
the fact that he has a son or a, a young daughter will actually make him more attractive to some women more than you know a single mother and so on so that's part of the reason why we felt like we need to address this book particularly to women because there are things that our society is just shying away from you can't really say that it's not very nice and so on so we get into some of those uncomfortable truths so that they can avoid making those mistakes mm-hmm. well vincent thank you so much for sharing everything that you did because i think this was a great conversation and i think it's something that people need to hear and looking at the title of the book and hearing you speak it's like yes it makes sense it makes <laughs> sense why this is the title and so Again, thank you so much for what you and Dumi are doing with this book and congratulations on the release of this book. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience today? Oh, well, thank you Dallas. Uh, I appreciate that. I uh, thank you for having uh, me. I was hoping Dumi would be here, but maybe next time. And the only thing that I would want to share with the audience is get the book, get it for for someone else. And mm-hmm. this is an important one. The book is not only for women right the book is for everybody because in it we describe how modern women we and we define what modern women mean it doesn't mean women who are alive today it means something you know completely different but the book is for both men and women so buy it for somebody buy it for yourself uh, it's on amazon and um read leave a review i promise it's helpful yeah you guys can find the link to this amazon book down below Again Vincent thank you for your time if you can end with a prayer i would really appreciate it all right let's pray father thank you for this time we thank you for your grace we thank you for your faithfulness i thank you for Dallas and i pray that with the work that he and his wife and his new family are doing in brazil may you increase them give them courage supply their needs and with the work that he is doing on youtube may you extend his reach may more people tend to you because of the work that he is doing bless the work of our hands we thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives and the impact that you have prepared for us around the world in the name of jesus amen amen you've just listened to the faith and family fellowship podcast With your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.